It's Wednesday. You know what time it is. It's FRPC, and we're talking football today, and we're a day late, and I'll explain all of it, and I'll tell you why, all how it all went down. But we're going to finish up with the win-loss um, over-unders. We're going to do division winners, playoffs, who's going to win the Super Bowl, um, and also, you know, like MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. We'll see what we can look at with the rookies and what have you. So, man, uh, wild night last night. So, I I write the pod. So, um, I'll put it up on YouTube. So, when I actually write it out. So, this is like one page of thousands of notes. This is so bad for like an audio medium, but... We now have the YouTube, so I'll make sure this gets up there. But I have, like, tons of notes, like, tons of notes. And I write it out because it just allows me to get my mind going and, and um, think of things. And then I have little notes to the side of it and all that. So I write out the pod. I'm ready to go ahead and do this because we were going to split this into two. There were going to be a second half of uh, winners over and unders, and then we were going to do the division today, but we got to put it all together. So we don't have a lot of time to waste, but the thing that happened is that we also do basketball, and Christian Wood is now a Laker, and it made me kind of go down a rabbit hole because of the fact that Christian Wood was tied to other things. So I have a pod that I have to do after this one for that. So this feed is going to be full, I promise you. But today we're excited about getting the over-unders done. And we're also excited about getting these division winners to you. So let's just get to it. We're going to start back in the uh, the. NFC West, okay? So we got the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals, they're over four and a half wins plus 110, under four and a half wins minus 142. So get money. Get money if you think they're going to go under, right? Here's the thing it's all tied to Kyler Murray. Do you think Kyler Murray will come back? Do you think that at some point in time, um, the designation is for Kyler to get back. Here's my thing. When does he get back? Because to me, that's the most important part. I don't think you see Kyler Murray until like week 12. Now you'd say, well, well, well was he was he ready to go earlier? He might have been. But Keep in mind, I actually think that we're seeing it. I mean, you can call it whatever it is, but Arizona, you, you call it tanking, call it whatever it is. They're not in a position to win this year, and that all pushes all chips in on a quarterback next year. So why would you want Kyler Murray to come back week six? Or, or something like that where you would just absolutely kill your draft stock. 
Now, here's the other thing. We don't even know if they're going to even keep the pick because of all the um, the climbing and uh, Steve Wilkes nonsense. So there's so much going on with the Cardinals because they just do Cardinal stuff. But at the end of the day, you want to be in position to get one of these quarterbacks and Kyler Murray... And you might, 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 depending on how all this shakes out, you might have two bites at the apple to either get Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever else kind of just rises up from, you know, the ashes or whatever the case may be. And if you don't, if you don't have your pick, you know, you're banking on the Texans not being good. But here's the other thing, because your pick is going to be taken away from you, your second round pick then becomes the 32nd overall pick, which usually is a first round pick. So in a sense, you would end up getting a first round pick. So they have every reason not to be good this year. Now, if the offense is the way it is right now, I would take the under. Now, if you're saying that Kyler Murray is going to come back, you would take the over. So this is a belief in what you believe the Cardinals are actually going to do. Do you believe that they are going to bring back Kyler um, and kind of tear up their draft uh, position and bring in Kyler back because they're going to win some games? Or do you believe that they're all in on the quarterbacks and we're trying to get you know, the best picks around the quarterback that we can possibly get. Because, again, there's a good chance that the Arizona Cardinals only walk away with one first-rounder next year because of their own ignorance and climbing making this dumb move with when he was suspended, having a burner phone so he can contact to make sure what's going on with the franchise in his absence. So that's where I stand with that. Here's the other thing. If you looked at the roster, the Arizona Cardinals on paper are the least most talented team in the league. This does not breed a lot of success. I don't know why Kyler will want to come back, honestly. Um, maybe the last couple of games to show, like, hey, the knee is fine. Everything is good, you know. But the other thing with that is, is that you might have a chance for injury again. So... It might behoove Kyler to stay away and, you know, allow this team to kind of slowly drift into the ether so then they can rise out of it with uh, hopefully hopefully both first-round picks. Sorry about that. Hopefully both first-round picks or at least a good first-round pick and maybe a top end of the second round pick. But they definitely have very little talent. So if Kyler doesn't play, this is an under for me for sure. Now let's get to my team, the Rams. I'm actually excited about this season, not for the reasons you might think. Uh, we are also not a very talented team, but we have a couple difference makers. But here's the thing that I like about this. 
Cup was already hurt. All right. Um, you know, we know the Cardinals are going to be the worst team in the division. We know we still got a couple of difference makers in Aaron Donald. But here's my thing. Now, I know Aaron Donald had been kind of like playing around with uh, retirement. And listen, I take all that stuff seriously. These guys play a very violent sport, as we saw with DeMar Hamlin. And we'll get to him later. Um They play a very violent sport, and I think they talk real when they're saying, hey, man, I don't know, you know, kind of, I want to be with my kids or whatever. My body's taking a lot of beating. You know, all of these things are true. You know what would reinvigorate Aaron Donald? If he had a chance to win a Super Bowl, and I'm not saying that you trade him to Philadelphia or 40. I know they won't trade him to the 49ers. But Kansas City is looking at a situation with Chris Jones. Now, I'm not saying that you get Chris Jones back, but could you get another first rounder or maybe a second day pick where you get a second rounder, a fourth rounder, and a fifth rounder for Aaron Donald? I don't know. But you got a couple teams that are at this point where they are legitimate contenders. And um, these predictions that I have do not equate trades that are, could happen. But if you told me Aaron Donald was now on Kansas City, if you told me Aaron Donald was now, now here's the, here's the big one. You don't even have to move. If you told me Aaron Donald was connected with Brandon Staley all over again and he didn't have to move, he didn't have to move his operation, nothing because it's in the same city, you play in the same stadium, all of that is true. And you get a first round pick from the Chargers. Now the Rams are cooking. So I'm looking for the Rams. They have a six and a half uh, win total. I'm looking for the Rams to go under as well. I think we might win five. And I say we because I'm a fan. I'm sorry. It's going to pop out every once in a while. So I'm looking for maybe a trade there. Cup is already heard. He's getting a second opinion on his uh, hamstring. So in fantasy, if you haven't done the fantasy draft yet, guess what? You probably are in a situation where you are um, you are you're just what can I say? Fourth round, maybe. I think maybe around where Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, you know, when Ke- where Keenan Allen is, that's probably where you start to say, well, if he comes back, you know, I don't think the Rams are prioritizing winning this year. I think what they're doing is kind of. Um, shuffling the deck, see who are players that they, because they got a lot of undrafted free agents in the mix. They got a lot of fifth, you know, like third day picks and stuff like that. So they're trying to see if some of these guys can fill like a specific role and then weave in more talent in the next couple years to see whatever the next reiteration of what the the Rams are going to be. So we spent a lot of time on that. Sorry about that. You know I'm a Ram fan. 
I'm trying not to be like Nico who rambles for 40 minutes on the Houston Rockets. So, and if you don't listen to the basketball podcast, shame on you. Good content there, too. Now, let's move on to, like, the exciting part of the division. The Seattle Seahawks, they have an over of eight and a half wins. It's uh, minus 142. The under is plus 116. So you can make some money if you think they're going to have a bad season. That's just letting you know how Vegas feels about them. I am... <laughs> I believe that the Seattle Seahawks are going to have a good year. I, Pete Carroll is, is an amazing coach. He proves it time and time again. Um, he's changed quarterbacks on the fly a couple times. we got to start giving this guy his flowers. He's been in big games, won a Super Bowl. So, shouts out to Pete. Um, basically, the great thing about this is, is the is just the renaissance of Geno Smith. It's been absolutely amazing. After four lackluster years in New York with the Jets, then he bounced around. He was a backup in with the Giants. He was a, a backup with um, da, 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 who else? The Chargers. Then he backed up in Seattle and finally got his chance. And he threw, his completion rate was uh, at 69.8, so he's damn near at 70%. He threw for 4,200 4, yards, 30 terrorist downs, and 11 interceptions last year. And he provided stability to an offense that had a long-time quarterback, and the Danger Rust era was over. You got more talent on the outside now, right? You have... DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, low-key, is just one of those guys that if you can get him in your fantasy draft, like, you know, around the 7th, 8th round, it's just good value because he gets 1,000 yards every season. Rain or shine, Lockett's right there. Okay? And then you got Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is now <laughs> the third wideout and, uh, Route running is not a problem for this kid. I like him a lot. And I think it's just going to make the offense more potent. Now, mind you, they also beefed up the running game, which was also already good. Kenneth Walker was a beast last year. And now they have Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. Now, you know I'm going home for my guy. The one thing that Zach brings is... He can catch it out the backfield, and I think that is going to provide a little more versatility to a a nice, robust Seattle offense. And I actually think the offense is what's going to carry the day here because this is not your dad's legion of boom. You know, Jamal Murray or Jamal Adams, Jamal Murray, basketball is on the brain, folks. Um, is already injured. It's just there's always something with him. This has been a terrible trade. But I think the offense is so good that the defense is not terrible. I'm not saying it I'm just saying it's not 
it's not to the level of what you think of a Seattle defense is. If you're thinking of the old Bobby Wagner and what they had on that defensive line and, and what have you, it's not that team. Now, Pete in the eight and a half, come on, dude. This is lock, right? Lock. Take that to the bank. That's the money. He's definitely, they're going over. No problem whatsoever. Uh, San Francisco 49ers are next. The over is uh, 10 and a half wins. It's uh, minus 162. And then if you believe that Brock Purdy is a fraud uh, and you want to take the under 10, it's a uh, plus 132. So you can make a little money on that. Um, here's the thing with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, we can, we can beat them up for moving up in the draft to take Trey Lance and now have traded him for a fourth round pick to the Dallas Cowboys. We can definitely beat them up. That's a terrible trade. Problem is, is that they got a quarterback with the last pick in the draft, and he turned out to be pretty good. Now, whatever you think of Brock Purdy is, like, on you. I definitely understand the hesitation. There are some that believe that Sam Darnold is the kind of uncrowned king of that 49ers offense. There's so much of that, but... Word around that locker room, word around that facility is that is Brock Purdy's team. Everybody's bought in. Um, he seems to know how to get the weapons involved. They seem very satisfied. The weapons seem very satisfied with their involvement. Uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, CMC, and it all it all goes from there. Um. I think also Purdy fits the Shanahan system. I think, um, I think, like when you have an Apple computer or a phone or whatever, and it all ties together, you know, seamlessly. He's more comfortable with a Brock Purdy and a Sam Darnold, and even hell a Brandon Allen, than he is with a Trey Lance. So I'm glad they're. Embracing back to the Shanahan offense and what have you. Here's the thing. I was talking to a friend of mine. Shout out to my guy in Australia, Dane. Hey man, I hope you feel better, bro. I hope everything is real good with um your knee. My guy had a, a, a MCL situation, so... He's rehabbing right now. But we were having a conversation in regards to San Francisco. They're too big to fail. You got Boza, who is uh, on a contract dispute right now. And listen, get your money. That dude's worth every penny. Get your money, man. Um, But if there was a team with Fred Warner out there and Ken Law and... Uh, they got Hargraves from Philadelphia. Um, you know, they, they're, and they're just loaded. CMC is just like a cherry on top to the offense. He's a wide receiver. He can be a running back. You know, 
this dude had after the trade he had a combined 1200 yards of rushing and receiving um with 11 games with the 49 with the 49ers with 10 touchdowns so i mean they're just loaded and they're just too they're too big to fail you know they're just that's where it is now the calling card for the 49ers is a defense. Bosa is a loss. Like, long-term, this is not great. What I'm saying is I think they can survive the regular season, and I'm not saying it's going to last that long. So, 49er fans, chill out. Chill out. Everything's going to be cool. I'm not saying he's going to be holding out forever. Don't worry. They're going to get that man pick. But back to just – how the defense is set up. I mean, you got Warner, Armstead, Greenlaw, you got Kenlaw, and then Hargrave that you just picked up from Philadelphia. I just, this team is good, dude. It's just what it is. And it being so good, um, they're the best team in the division, 10 and a half, no problem, over for the 49ers, especially as bad as the, uh, the bottom half of that division is. I think there are just four wins just sitting there for for the for the 49ers. They're just they're too good. They're coached well. Um they have an edge to them. Um and a lot of a lot of dudes on that team still have something to prove. So I'm all about the 49ers this year. Um then we go to the AFC East. This is one of the hardest divisions to kind of just look at and go, okay, what the hell are we looking at here? There's so much going on. So we got Miami. Nine and a half is their win total. Over is minus 110. Under is minus 110. So guess what? Vegas doesn't know. Vegas doesn't know what we know. And this is the thing. We can say all we want about Tua's concussions. And listen, there's a sensitivity to it that we must have because we've seen Steve Young, if you're old enough to have seen it. We've seen Troy Aikman, if you're old enough to see it. Then we've had guys later on, as far as that's concerned, like we don't know why Andrew Luck left. We can... We can speculate. Got his, he just got his tail beat every single week. You know, but there's there's a there's a real sensitivity there. But here's the one thing that I'll say. He's gained 10 pounds. Now we can laugh about it. We can we can think it's funny. He took jujitsu or judo to learn how to fall or roll into a fall better so he would be able to protect his neck and so he wouldn't have the whiplash effect that he was having last year that was helping aid the concussions. I got all that. So he's doing everything he can to be good. And when he played, they were awesome. Tua was just great. All the weapons they have, and Mike McDaniels as a coach. This is the fastest skill possession group 
in the NFL, bar none. And if this dude is healthy, they're going to win a lot of games. Because you can't beat that speed. And he makes quick decisions. Or he has some escapability. Well, not, not much. But he has some escapability to the point where he can elongate the play and get the ball to his playmakers. Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Moser, uh, you know, when A-Chain comes back, he's a little dinged up or whatever. So they have enough dudes on that offense. And here's the thing. The defense is not, is not just like, oh, this is terrible. They got pass rushers in uh, Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips. And they got all the beef up front with Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis and uh, the Siler kid. So, I mean, I love I love the Dolphins. And it's do you believe in Tua or not? I believe that. I believed in him when he came out of college. I'm going to continue to believe now. Take the over. And we'll talk about the division a little bit later. So, let's get to the Jets. Jets are nine and a half as well. Um, minus one twenty two for them to get over nine and a half, and they are the under is is plus one hundred. So, I mean, it's is dicey on that. Dicey. Here's what it comes down to: Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers last year was healthy. We there's all the reports, the broken thumb, all of these things are out there that are going on. My man is 39, going to turn 40. Here's the other problem. Uh, Dwayne Brown is 38 years old. He is your left tackle. Makai Becton, who is a first rounder, who did play well early on in his career, when he got hurt, he ballooned up in weight. They seem they say he's down in weight, but he's your right tackle, and this is who you are depending to protect your franchise quarterback, who is also 39 years of age. Now, if the protection is good, I'm gonna be probably wrong. Right? And here's the thing: I don't think the Jets are not gonna be good. I actually do believe they're going to be very, very good. The only problem is how good? Are you 10 games good? Are you 11 games good? Are you a 9-8 and eight and you're like hanging on for your playoff life and you're in some sort of like five-way dance with like, you know, whomever we're going to say at the end of this, right? I don't know. A lot of things got to hit. Now, the Garrett Wilson thing looks awesome. Oh, by the way, the fantasy the fantasy stock on that um, goes way up. I don't think there's any issue with Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. I think that's going to be fantastic in all shapes and sizes. And I look for a big, big, big year out of Garrett Wilson. So, if you got him in your fantasy team... Kudos to you. 
if you're drafting today or tomorrow, that might be a guy to get grab in the second round. And you know, if you're on that turn and you're like a couple picks in, and you're seeing like Amon Ross saying Brown come off the board, go ahead, grab yourself a Garrett Wilson. I think it'll pay off in big dividends for you in your fantasy league. All right. Um, the Jets are stacked at a running back. The acquisition of Dalvin Cook, you know that Aaron is going to want protection. Dalvin Cook can block. We don't know if Brees Hall deal is that he's good at that. Now, if you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, which you know we're hitting on all of this today, at the end of the day, it muddles the backfield a little bit, but they say Brees Hall is the starter and Dalvin Cook is like the backup. So you take that for whatever it's worth. I still don't know how those uh, carries are going to be divvied up. <clears throat> Aaron will make that determination. So we'll see how it all plays out. The defense is just ridiculous. Okay, if you're getting if you're getting 12 sacks from your Def, your interior defensive lineman extraordinaire, Coyne Williams, you know, you're in a good spot. And then you have Sauce Gardner on the outside who is one of the most dynamic corners in the league. My question about the Jets is this. Do you believe in Sala? Because that's the question that I have. So, if you're saying that you believe in them, then this defense is going to just shine and it's going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. Because he really shouldn't have a lot to do with the offense now. That's Aaron Rodgers' situation and then Aaron Rodgers' apprentice, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, I did call Nathaniel Hackett Aaron Rodgers' apprentice. It's kind of like the olden days, right? When you were knights and they had apprentices or whatever. It's kind of what Nathaniel Hackett is. The nine and a half is a, a is kind of a doozy situation. I look at it like this, right? Um, I look at it like we're in a situation where... There's a lot of teams in that division who are going to be good. We haven't even got to Buffalo yet. Uh, the Patriots' offense should be better because Patricia is not that, and we'll get there in a second. It's hard for me to say that they are going to go over the 9.5 and, and be a 10-win team in this division. Um, hmm. Where's the money leading? Uh yeah okay so if you believe Vegas Vegas is saying take the over so you know ten and seven you know I think Aaron Rodgers could do it I you know I it's it's solid that's my only not that's my only kind of thing where I'm kind of I don't know I don't know about him but we will find out right. That's what this year is all about. And I could be wrong, but I'm going to go ahead and say Vegas is leaning over. I'm going to lean over with them. Now, here's the thing. The Buffalo Bills, 
Ten and a half. Over is uh the money is one is is uh minus one forty four. The under it's a uh, plus one eighteen. So people are believing in the Buffalo Bills. They're believing in um just who Josh Allen is. And here's the thing. Josh Allen is is incredible. Stephon Diggs is incredible. It's your belief in everything else. Everything else. Von Miller is not going to be playing the first part of the season. Okay. Is the offensive line good? Do we believe in the running backs? Gabe Davis has to do something this year. I mean, this is, it's, it's bleak. But if you just have the, the belief in Josh Allen and McDermott, like if you're a Sean McDermott believer, then you feel very comfortable with this. But this is not your last couple years of the AFC East. A lot of these teams are good, and just penciling in the Buffalo Bills to 11 victories, which when I started this process, I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely, they're going to get it. I'm not so sold on it now. I'm not. I'm not sold on the defense. Uh, When you have Ed Oliver... With a career total of 14 and a half sacks over four seasons. You know, Greg Rousseau is going into his third year. He showed flashes last year. They still don't have Von Miller. Leonard Floyd is more of a, um, like, if you blitz, he can get the quarterback. Because if you're saying that he's the extra man that, you know, people are not accounting for, he's going to get sacks. He's a really good run a defender as well, so I like Leonard Floyd in that matter. I still think you can run on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, by the way, I'm gonna say this right now: it might not be popular. Um, Jordan Poyer and Michael Hyde being back for the Buffalo Bills is very, very important. I understand there's going to be a lot of people out there who are going to uh, talk about DeMar Hamlin. And what he went through last year was absolutely horrific, right? This dude died on the field. They brought him back. But this whole, like, comeback player of the year, like, you could give it to Tua. Tua went through some stuff last year, too. Now, I'm not being insensitive to what he went through. I'm just talking about the player himself. Because we got to analyze the player, right? DeMar Hamlin is not a starting safety in this league. I, I would say he's probably the worst in that secondary. And I bet you that the defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills is breathing a sigh of relief that Jordan Poyer and Michael Hyde are back and that they will not have to deploy DeMar Hamlin into a more, uh, a heavy use role. Let's just say, 
great story. Great that he can physically actually do it. But the player himself, if we are looking at the, if we're just looking at the, the test, I'm not seeing the value on the field that you get with him. Now, if you're saying he's going to be an incredible boost in the locker room, okay, I, I can jive with that. But as a player, uh, I don't know. I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for that. So Twitter, X, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, at FrontRunnerPC, and uh, Nico will probably be mad at me about that, but uh, you can you can cry with Nico with that and say, at Nico, FRPC. The Patriots are next. I went back and forth with the Patriots. Their win total was seven and a half plus one sixteen um, is over. Under is uh, one negative one forty two. So okay, couple things here. Belichick is twenty five and twenty five since Brady left. Now, you can say, well, Tom Brady was a GOAT. He was. But Belichick has been this great coach for a long period of time, and I'm not saying he's not a great coach. He, That's what he is. He might be the greatest. But at the end of the day, you haven't put a product on the field that has been close to what you were doing with Brady and, yeah, you went through Cam Newton. That was a disaster. And now you've had a couple a couple years with Mac Jones. And you kind of wasted one of the years in having Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinator. Now Bill O'Brien steps in. Bill O'Brien's been everywhere. Okay? He was the offense coordinator with the New England Patriots. They used to yell on the sideline, Brady and Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien has been a head coach in this league. Not a great one, but he has been one. He has been an offensive coordinator for the University of Alabama, and he's been a head coach in college as well. Bill O'Brien has done a lot. So this is a good move for the offense and the New England Patriots. The other thing is this, is that uh, Ramondre Stevens and Ezekiel Elliott is going to make a very, very good backfield. My only problem is their offensive line is not good. And there, is, there isn't the specter of Dante Stark-Skarnekia looming that is going to just sprinkle on some magic fairy dust and make this offensive line, you know, like the... Uh, like the early 90s Dallas Cowboys, right? Now, can you hide it with aggressive running, you know, um, and then play action and stuff like that, smoke and mirrors? Yes, you can. You can definitely do that. Now, Mac as the trigger man is the most important part of this. And now what you think of him and what you think of his upside of right now and what you think of the weapons around him are the things that lead you to where you think this team is going to be. 
Bill Simmons is very high on them because he says the defense, the offense has to get better. I absolutely agree with both of those takes or thoughts, however you want to put it. I just don't know that they have the offensive firepower to deal with what else is in their division and then also in the AFC, right? I just don't see it this year. Defense could be great. Offense could struggle. Offense could get better towards the end of the year, be the team that you just don't want to play or whatever. But I would take the under. I know I lived in Boston. I know this is going to be one of those deals. I'm probably going to get some some uh, texts that are not cool, but that's all right. I think that this is a year of growth. I think this is a year where, you know, you find out what Cole Strange is and, and, and all that. Um, maybe you can really, you know, find that diamond and rough also on that offensive line as well. But you still need more weapons or upgraded quarterback or both to really start saying, okay, I can deal with the Bills. I can deal with the Jets. I can deal with the Dolphins, right? Belichick is a hell of a coach. He'll coach them up. There'll be a couple things that they shouldn't win or whatever, but there's going to be a reckoning when it comes to that AFC East. The Jets are back. The Dolphins are here. And Buffalo is always looming. Oof. My friends in Boston going, man, dude, I live in Brookline. People are going to be mad, bro. Um, let's see. NFC East. Okay, the NFC East also... Let's 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 face facts, right? It's like there's the haves and the have nots. Right? But there's only one have not and then three halves. So it's gonna be interesting. So let's get to it. The Washington over under is six and a half plus one hundred over under six and a half minus one twenty two. So you know where the money's going. I think it's going to be a hard year in the nation's capital. Uh, a lot of people love Sam Howell. Uh, Ron Rivera is coaching for his job, I would think. New ownership was there with Josh Harris Group, along with Magic Johnson. Um, I think Rivera will do everything he can to build respectability and get this team playing at a level that will be, um, they'll be in a lot of games. I'm just really concerned with what else is in, in their division. Their, their weapons are good. You got McLaurin, you got Dotson. Those are good, two good fantasy dudes. I'm not sold on their running back tandem. They're, the explosivity doesn't jump off the page to be there. Sam Howell brings something. That little more excitement. He can move in the pocket. 
They love his fearlessness. I think ultimately that's the thing that's going to end up hurting them. Their defense, if it's all working, is stacked. Their defensive line is crazy. Chase Young, uh, Payne, Allen, Sweat. They're just deep. They're deep everywhere. That defense should be really, really good if the offense doesn't put it in bad positions. I don't know if that's going to really happen. I think Sam Howell can show a lot this year, and they can still end up winning six games. And I think they could, like, it'll be a six games. You're kind of going like, well, are you bummed about only winning six games? You could be, or you could be in a situation like, hey, we played well in a lot of these games. These games could have went either way or whatever. So I think it's, I don't know if you can have a good 6-11 and 11 year, but I think 6-11 and 11 is kind of where they are. The Giants are 7.5. The money is uh, uh, minus 104 over. And under is minus 118. So this is kind of like, ooh. And basically, this comes down to what do you think of Danny Dimes? Can he rekindle what he did last year? Because he was great. Um, Barkley has another year away from the injury. He should be an absolute beast in fantasy and also in real life. He put up over 2,000 yards in all-purpose last year with a total of 14 touchdowns. So... Pretty good. Now, the Giants still have like six, seven slot receivers, so we can't do anything there. But we can upgrade the tight end in Darren Waller, and I think he could have a big year. The only problem with Darren Waller is the health situation. Now, he has every reason and every like motivation to stay on the field. <clears throat> but <clears throat> the last couple of years, he's played 20 out of the last uh, 33 games. So... How much can you expect from him? I think if you can get 13, 14 games out of Darren Waller, that puts the Giants in a really good position. Um, heads up from us, uh, the Giants are starting two rookie corners. So Deontay Banks, the first-round pick out of Maryland, who's an absolute stud at 6'2". Um, and then they're going to start the sixth-rounder, Trey Hawkins, out of Old Dominion, both those guys are lanky and big. Banks is 6'2", Hawkins is 6'3". Uh, that's how they want to roll. They want to be physical and aggressive with the uh, with the wide receivers. We'll see how that plays out. You, you, you're in a division with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, C.D. Lamb, Terry McLaurin, and Jahan Dotson. Good luck with that. Now, they do have a really strong defensive line. I like it a lot, and I I like Dable. You know, I like Dable. Can they, can they get more magic out of Daniel Jones? Let's put it this way. They're definitely going over that 7.5. Definitely. I believe in the Giants, man. I believe in the Giants. You know, people can, you can be down on them all you want, but hey, 
They get down. Do we do Dallas? I don't see Dallas in here. Hold on. Washington. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Dallas is out there. Philly is out there. Let's look at their line totals. Let's get to it. And let's get this moving a little bit. Um, do, 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 do. Give me one second. Got to pull up the lines here. Lost it real quick. All right. Dallas win total. Nine and a half. FanDuel has them at minus 162 to go over. And plus 132 to go under. Hmm. Dallas defense should be really good this year. But actually, I take that back. Michael Parsons should be good this year. A lot of people are high on the defense. I'm going to hold out. I'm going to hold out. <clears throat> I think Michael Parsons could be good. I still don't know if you can. Can you still run on that team? Because if you can, there's still a deficiency in that defense. Here's the other thing. Kellen Moore is gone. Mike McCarthy takes over the offense. They were doing big numbers. Like, um, I think they scored a total of 436 points, which was like third in the league. So, Kellen Moore is a huge loss, and I am not sold on this real diverse offense that Mike McCarthy is going to run. So I have Dallas going under. Shocking, but I do. And in Philadelphia, on the other hand, <laughs> let's get to Philly. Philly is an over-under of 11 and a half. Plus 104, 11 to go over, 11 and a half, minus 128 to go under 11 and a half. So basically, you know, you got to wonder if you are a 12-win team or not. Here's the thing. I love Philadelphia this year. I love everything about them. I think Jalen Carter is a stud. Jordan Davis is a run stopper. You still got the old heads out there. Graham, you got uh, Fletcher Cox. You got people doing it. Our boy Kelsey is still there. Man in the offensive line. Jalen Hurts. Another year in the system. Now he does lose his coordinator. So that might hurt a little bit, but but we still got Sirianni. 
And we still got the beautiful mind of Howie Roseman. So, so far, so good with this team. The talent, I'm in. I love Georgia Bulldog North. And I believe they have it in them to go over. Somebody's going to regress, but it ain't going to be them. So take the over. Let's get to the AFC North. Baltimore Ravens, 10.5 over, plus 104, under, minus 128. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a big believer in the Baltimore Ravens this year. I think the offense will be better. Um, but we will find out what Lamar Jackson is because there's a lot of weapons. We're going to find out. I think Zay Jones, if you get him late, but I think people are starting to notice him, so you might have to get him in the sixth round, maybe seventh round, somewhere in there. People say, well, why are you doing it so early? Well, because it's Zay Jones. But the defense, I don't know where the pass rush is coming from. I'm not like... Like, oh, my God, they got these dudes. Marlon Humphrey is already hurt. He's a, he, and he's he's going to be an outside corner. He's better in the slot. I just don't see it this year, and their division is stacked. Ten and a half is too, is too much for me. I, I see them going under. And I think Lamar could be good, and this is no reflection on him. The Pittsburgh Steelers are next. Pittsburgh, eight and a half. Oh, eight and a half wins. Minus 150 over and plus 120. If you think they're going to go under, that's a fool's bet. Here's the problem. Uh, Kenny Pickett uh, is going to probably run for president when he retires. Uh, I think right now he could run for mayor of Pittsburgh and win. Everybody loves him in the locker room. He was named a captain. It was like a no-brainer. Everybody was like, oh, dude, that was like the least shocking thing on the face of the planet. You know, he's always prepared, da-da-da-da. And who the hell does that sound like? Always prepared. Always grinding. The head coach. Right? So I think Tomlin found some kindred spirit with Kenny Pickett. You know? And then you, uh, oh, by the way, this is the least shock of the podcast. George Pickens is going to be the most likely leader in the clubhouse to go viral opportunity, most viral opportunity guy in the league this year, no doubt. And Tomlin never loses. He never is a, he's never having bad seasons, so. I'm real comfortable with saying they're going to go over. Now to the Cleveland Browns. I'm high on the Cleveland Browns. I think they're stacked in defense. I think they're stacked. The offense, you would have to be concerned about last year, right? And here's the thing. The launch... Okay, I'm not going to, Cleveland, I'm not going to hold you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to front you at all. But the first 
the the first seven games weren't great. Um, but no way Deshaun Watson is a QBR 38.3 and a 8% completion uh, percentage in the end zone. He's not that guy. Now, I don't know if he can be the zenith guy of what he was in his heyday in Houston, but he's not that guy. Now, the ban- the defense is banged up going into the season, but they got a lot of depth. I think once everybody is healthy, they're going to be so scary. Garrett is a stud. Miles Garrett, I believe, has a chance to get the sack record this year. I think it all comes together from a man. Because that big interior is nasty. It is so physical. And then it got depth. They have rotation pieces. They got the kid from Baylor. And if you watch his whole act, He's a nasty one. See ya. I love him. So I'm big on the Browns. Go over on their total. Cincinnati Bengals, same thing. Go over on their total. Best quarterback in the division, um, Joe Burrow, right? Uh, My guy, Kez. (laughs) I'm going to shout you out, Kez. Uh, He loves Joey B. He loves him. Almost to a most a very very uncomfortable level that he loves him. We can't really talk about it on the podcast, but he does love him. The main thing is keep Burrow healthy. The offensive line has to gel. I do have some concerns about Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, I know it's an upgrade from what they had. Um, in a couple podcasts ago, I did talk about how sometimes he can get lost in the sauce a little bit, and that can leave Burrow on an island. Now, Burrow, hey, man, he's a tough kid. He will stay in there to take a hit, but I hope that he learns a little bit from what he's gone through the last couple years, and maybe he won't be as willing to take those hits. I'm not saying, like, completely fall apart and be Brady in the last couple years where if there was a whisper of trouble, he was throwing it away. I'm just saying be a little more selective with the ones that you're going to go hero ball and get it to chase 60 yards down the field. All right. So now with that being said, oh, man, we're doing real well on this time thing. We're going to do this within about um, 70 minutes. So cool. All right. So we get to the Bengals. I I just love it. I love the over. It's plus 118 to go over. Vegas has it at minus 144. To go under. I understand that the division is stacked. I love it. Um, I just. They're going to get better. Like that offensive line is just going to get better. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was better last year. But it was put together last year. I just think another year together. And the upgrade at left tackle. I think you just have a better offensive line. And I think anytime you give Joe Burrow more time. He will figure out a way to beat you, and I think he does. All right, so now let's get into the predictions, man. I'm, I'm here. I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Okay, let's talk about 
Um, league MVP, and then we'll get to the, all the playoffs and everything. Okay, league MVP. I think you got a couple things going on here. All right. Um, somebody said that you know you're gonna have a bunch of quarterbacks have great years and stuff like that. I do believe that, but I do believe that there's gonna be one quarterback that just kind of stands above them all. That's gonna be Jalen Hurts. So I think right now you can get Jalen Hurts at plus twelve hundred. All right. So um. Or plus one twenty. I don't know. We have to look it up. But I think there's twelve to one odds on on Jalen. Okay, I like Jalen Hurts a lot. Now, if you want to go narrative, and you say the quarterbacks all wash themselves out, Mahomes is great, Jalen is great, Herbert's great, Lawrence is great. Oh my God, can we pick a can we pick a quarterback? I don't know who to pick. And then CMC has some sort of like 1,400-yard rushing, you know, 1,000-yard catching year or whatever case may be. You know, there's your dark horse coming out of just coming back or whatever. I like that. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? Who is there anybody else that, that would be? Um, I don't know. I, I can't think of anybody else. But Jalen Hurts is my guy. Offensive Rookie of the Year, I understand the hype around B. John Robinson. I do. And I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity to do what he does. Let's see if there's anybody else that just kind of... We got quarterbacks out there, right? We got quarterbacks out there. Which one? Which one outshines Bijan? I don't know. Give me, you know, give me Bijan, offense, rookie offensive player of the year. Now, defensive player of the rookie of the year. Um, this is a hard choice because there's a bunch of rookies out there. That can get it done. You got my guy, Witherspoon. You know how much I love him. Man, I love Witherspoon a lot. Man, that guy's good. Shout out to my guy, Kyler, who is a big Patriots fan. Christian Gonzalez is, could be all world before it's all over with. He's just prototypical cornerback at this point for what you want now. Hmm. Are you in on um like some some dark horses? The kid branch is getting a lot of buzz because they think his instincts are real, real good. So if you want like a like a heavy dark horse, branch. I'm trying to think of anybody else who I think could get this spot. We got the because it was um you got the quarterbacks, then you had Will. Oh, Jalen Carter, it's gonna be real hard for interior linemen to win that award. As good as I think he will be, because I think he be he's gonna be very, very good. I think it's gonna be hard for him to win that award. I kinda I kinda like 
one of the corners winning it. You know, I really do. I really like one of the corners winning this. I think it's going to be the guy who might get the most opportunity. So I'm going to take a dark horse. Give me, um, usually sacks win this situation. I'm going to go chalk. Will Anderson. Okay. Uh, defensive player of the year. I think Miles Garrett is going to win this. Offensive player of the year. If, if a quarterback doesn't, well, Let's see. Could you get that? To, can you get that to Justin Jefferson? Yeah. There you go. Um, Coach of the year. Okay. Do we have any surprises? Do we give it to the coach who wins the most games? I'm going to tell you who I'm going to give it to. My guy in Cleveland, Stefanski. He gets it done. Coach of the year. Or it can be Sirianni because I think they're just going to be so good. All right. So now let's get to the predictions. Okay. I am who? All right. We got some tough ones here. Okay. NFC West, this is how I have it. I have the San Francisco 49ers winning the division. The Seattle Seahawks coming in second. The Rams coming in third. Like way third. Way, like way below Seahawks. And the Cardinals bringing up the rear. In the NFC South, I have the New Orleans Saints winning that division. I have the Atlanta Falcons coming in second. I have the Carolina Panthers coming in third. I have the Tampa Bay Bucks coming in last. I think they're going to have a tough season. In the NFC North, your Detroit Lions win the division. Detroit, I'm in. Minnesota finished second. Green Bay, you finished third. Chicago, you finished fourth. I think it's actually going to be a pretty competitive division. In the NFC East, I have the Philadelphia Eagles being the number one seed. So I have the 49ers as the number two seed. And then I have the Giants in. I have the Cowboys third and Washington bringing up the rear. And then we'll talk about how it all works as far as the playoffs after. So let's go to the other side of the bracket, the AFC uh, divisions. Let's start off with the AFC South. I think Jacksonville wins this division. Trevor Lawrence. Tennessee comes in second. Indianapolis comes in third. Houston, e fourth. In the AFC West, I have an upset. The Los Angeles Chargers, who I have never believed in in my entire life. I have been trying to get this team expedited back to Tijuana. No shot to San Diego. No, no, no. 
you deserved your squad. They left you. But now they have to go to Mexico. But I have the I have the Chargers <clears throat> winning the division. I have the Chiefs in second, Broncos third, and the Raiders being in the last in that division. In the AFC North, I have the Cincinnati Bengals winning. I have the Cleveland Browns coming in second. The Pittsburgh Steelers coming in third. The Ravens, they're going to finish last. In the AFC East, this is the where the, I have another shocker. Give me the Miami Dolphins to win the division. I'm in. We're going to turn the division upside down, damn it. Jets finished second. You heard it. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Bills Mafia, you come in third. I think you need to start upgrading some some of your offense. And I think you need to get a couple more defensive um, playmakers. And I think the um, Patriots end up last. I think they're going to be ultra competitive. I just... I just don't see them having enough to beat everybody. And then, oh, we're still doing good on time. So it'll be a little, maybe 75 minutes. All right, so this is how I have the breakdown going. Okay, in the AFC, Bengals get the bye. They're the number one seed. So the Dolphins play the Jets in the playoffs. So this is what I have. The 2-7 two, two matchup is Dolphins-Jets. 3-6 is LA Chargers versus the Cleveland Browns. And in the 4-5, I have Jacksonville versus KC. All right. So, how I have this going is that we get Dolphins beat Jets. Yo, and then the Browns beat the Chargers, and then obviously KC beats Jacksonville. Jacksonville, you get there, you don't get the dub this year because Mahomes is still that man. But I like you. I like you a lot. All right, so now we get to the Bengals and Browns. They end up playing each other, and then you get the Dolphins-Chiefs. I have the Bengals beating the Browns. Sorry, Dog Pound. This is where it comes to the end. But good run by you. Bengals move on to that AFC Championship game where they will face (laughs) the Miami Dolphins. Hey, listen. It's not that I don't believe in Kansas City. It's not that I don't believe in Patrick Mahomes. Chris Jones is not there, bro. Like, what are we doing? Right? I mean, Kelsey's hurt right now. You believe in any of the weapons? Come on, man. So I have the Dolphins and Bengals meeting in the AFC Championship game. And so I'll leave it like that for right now. We'll move over to the NFC. This is how I see the NFC going. I got Philadelphia as the number one seed. That makes San Francisco the number two seed. Detroit the number three seed. 
the New Orleans Saints, number four seed. And then we got Seattle, the number five seed. We have the Giants, the number six seed. And we have the Cowboys, the number seven seed. I did get the Cowboys in there. I did not get the Minnesota Vikings. Keep in mind, when some of these teams are not in the playoffs, like, okay, I, I didn't have Pittsburgh in here, and I'm not having Minnesota in here and Green Bay in here. I think there's going to be some crazy stuff at the end of the year. I think those 9-8, and 10-7 and seven teams, there's going to be some tiebreakers, and there's going to be some heartbreak at the end of this season. So that's how I see it. Now, when we get here, <laughs> we got the 49ers against Dallas Cowboys in round one. And, uh, you know, 49ers, a lot of, lot of talent. They're going to win that game. We got the Lions playing the Giants. Okay. And we got the Saints playing the Seahawks. So, I think the Lions go over. I think a home game in Detroit rocking. That's going to be so such a crazy scene. Then you got the Saints and Seahawks. I love the Seahawks. I think they're a, a well-run team. I think they got a better quarterback. I think they would be able to overcome the Saints. Now, Saints, for you to get there, I'm showing a lot of belief in Derek Carr and Dennis Allen, which I don't believe in. I don't believe in Dennis Allen. But your schedule is so light that I had to take you. All right, so we move on. The Eagles play the Seahawks. The 49ers play the Lions. Uh, 49ers play the Lions. So Eagles, Seahawks. We got the Eagles getting past the Seahawks. And we got the 49ers getting past the Lions. This is where the Lions end run. San Francisco, sorry, a little bit better. You know, there's levels to this, Detroit. Levels to this. So we got the Eagles and 49ers in the NFC Championship. We got the Bengals and Dolphins in the AFC Championship. Vince, who is going to the Super Bowl? Hey, man, let me tell you something. I believe in Joey B. I believe in Cincinnati. Cincinnati goes back to the Super Bowl. And they will face the Philadelphia Eagles in that Super Bowl. And I have the Eagles coming out on top. Jalen Hurts holds up the Lombardi. The Eagles are winning the Super Bowl. Now, any trades, any of these bunches of injuries and all this goes to absolute hell. So, this is the best guess that I have. Okay? I am truly transparent when I tell you this. This is my feelings. This is my gut. This is what the kind of the numbers set out to me. I know I didn't have the whole chalk of six teams, new teams in, old teams out. But I think I had five, so we were representative in that situation. And I got the Browns in the playoffs and playing meaning, meaningful football, which is great. So... If you disagree vehemently, you know where I'm at on Twitter. Find me. And also, we're going to cut up some of these for YouTube. So let me get all the plugs in. Um, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you can find this podcast. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. Tell um, co-workers. Tell anybody you can. Let's get the word out. 
Let's get people um, five star reviews are great. Reviews, you know, saying little kind words or saying how we can get better. All, all great. I want it all with that. And then the YouTube channel, Front Runner Podcast Collective, four words. Put it up there. Subscribe to the channel. You know what I'm saying? Like the videos. Let's get some interaction. Leave comments. If you don't agree with what I'm talking about, because a lot of this is going to be clipped out. We're going to have clips. I can tell you right now. Clips oh plenty. So that will do it for the football preview. Remember, this was a part two. There was a part one. So if you're saying, well, what happened to the other divisions, Vince? They're in the part one. I did that Monday. Go back and listen to the archive pods. All right? So have a good rest of your Wednesday. I got a basketball pod to do now. Yummy, right? And also, happy NFL kickoff. We are here, folks. We have made it. Football season is back. And I can't be more excited. Detroit. I have Amon Ross St. Brown in a fantasy league. You know Kelsey's hurt. Sorry to the Kansas City fans. You know what's going down. We might have to, we might have to throw some a little couple winners on, on Twitter tomorrow. See what happens. All right. All right. So that'll do it. I know Nico disagrees with all of this because this didn't have the Steelers in the playoffs. I'm sorry, Nico. I think you were part of some loopy, like, tie with some other teams and because the moon was in the same realm as Jupiter, then the Jets got in and you didn't get in. So, therefore, don't feel bad. Kenny Pickett had a good year. You just didn't have quite enough to get into the playoffs. All right. I'm good. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was an absolute pleasure to do it. And, uh, man, we will see you on Friday. And that, I think, will be a basketball pod. So we're going to do some basketball today because some stuff came out last night. And I'm sorry we got this out late today, but it has everything. It has all the pageantry, all of everything you want today. It had it all here. And I thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we will see you down the road. Peace. <laughs>